2: put the spring back into your step and into your home too. shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45% up to 45% off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply
3: all right still trying to track down kevin saul uh, for a visit here we'll get into the shockers as we wait uh, and see if Jad can get it um tommy it was another rough week uh two losses Charlotte's pretty good. East Carolina's not that good. Um, East Carolina game was never particularly close on Thursday with extra rest that we should also point out. And now the Shockers sit in a situation where they've won three of their last 18 games, three of their last 18 games. Um, I never saw that coming. I wasn't sure if this team was going to be any good, but I never thought they'd be this bad um it's it's been a tough year it has been a tough year Wichita State is down there tied for last place in the conference with Temple and UTSA which is another thing that's pretty hard to say out loud but that's the situation that we see the Shockers in right now and you know as we had just a glimmer of hope there for a little bit it's come crashing back down now and it's just not not quite there.
1: Yeah, I, I thought, look, I think that we've had a lot of different discussions about whether the glass is half full or the glass is half empty with this it's program. Half empty. It's full. Um, empty. Well, but I, th- I think that, you know, even as recently as a couple of weeks ago, we were having conversations about feeling optimistic about this team yeah. moving forward, right? And so I, I think that you have to wonder. How much is that extinguished at this point and how much can you put aside what is currently happening in the moment with this program and look at what potentially could be down the road? But then again, it's all speculation because we don't know what the team will look like after this season. And, and you know, so how is the transfer portal going to be utilized? What do the incoming recruits look like? Uh, are there going to be adjustments or changes you know, with this program moving forward. And I think that those are the biggest questions, you know, that are left to be answered. And we don't know that. And honestly, I would imagine that, you know, even Paul Mills doesn't really know all the answers to those questions. We've seen this team have sparks of what we want them to be. We have. Early in the season, even a couple of small glimpses during the conference season, we have seen small glimpses, but not enough to instill a whole lot of hope or confidence moving forward in this program. And I think that, you know, some of us being optimistic from time to time, I'm looking back on that as kind of wishful thinking, like really hoping and willing it into existence. And it just really hasn't happened that way.
3: Right. I I mean, look, it's not like I'm always going to try and be positive but it, there, there's nothing to be positive about with the way this season has played out. We're, we're always going to be honest, right? I'm hopeful. Oh, let's. We've got Kevin Saul. Okay, so Kevin joins us right as we're talking about another tough week for the Shockers. Kevin, we'll pick it up. Thank you for being here this morning, by the way. Sure thing. Um, Absolutely. Get, Thanks for having me on the get show. This,
4: and we don't, get the start Dick, of, we don't have any other choice of- but to remain positive. Yeah, go
3: ahead. Yeah, that's what just right what I was going to ask
4: you. I was just going to say we don't have any other choice other than to remain positive and productive We continue to so, get better every single day. So
3: As as the wins haven't come only 3 in the last 18, Kevin. Like as we're as we've got fans here listening, like what is what is the positive outlook for the big picture? I know that there's still season to play here, and internally the focus will be on the rest of the season. Yeah. There's there's no question about that. But, you know, what can be done or what reassurances can be there now for fans to know that, you know, bigger picture things are being done so that this type of season doesn't happen again, if that makes any sense.
4: Yeah, Well. well, let's talk about that because we've had seasons like this in our history. Nobody likes them and nobody wants them. We've had two very successful coaches – Run through this program that won, I think, eight and 11 in their first seasons, respectively. That's not an excuse. That's reality. That's fact. Okay. And at the end of the day, we don't want that. The difficult seasons happen. So to me, that's the first thing. The second piece, guys, is um, whenever in your personal life, in your professional life, whatever the case may be, if you're going to build something that is meaningful and worthwhile, It will take time and that's not our society right now right we live in a microwave society everything's under scrutiny when you know when are we going to see the gratification how quickly will that come at the end of the day it takes time to build programs what I thought was really interesting is I read a quote from Mike Krzyzewski he gave it yesterday And I thought it was really interesting, kind of set some context. He said, if we were building that Duke program in today's world, in today's day and age, I would have been fired at the end of year three. So at the end of the day, constant change doesn't build, doesn't create, doesn't fortify, doesn't strengthen, doesn't produce foundation. So we're going to remain positive We're going to continue to address the things and try and get better every single day. This past week was clearly a step back. And, um, you know, if you think about building processes, I think about the community of Wichita. Like, who are we playing for and who do we represent, right? We're farmers. We are livestock producers. We are engineers. We're aviation experts. We're factory workers, right? Right. We, there's ingenuity, there's innovation, all of those things. We're blue collar, we work hard. We don't make excuses and we don't have an attitude. At the end of the day, that aligns with what we're trying to create in our program so that it resonates with the people of Wichita and they wanna support it because that program supports everything else that we've got going on. Those are the pieces that we think about that we're trying to put in place. And at the end of the day, in one, in one recruiting cycle, that's not gonna happen overnight you're gonna to have to build and develop and recruit and retain that.
1: Kevin, this isn't a, a coaching question. It's more of a, a culture question. And I know that you're around this program. I, I know that you um, you know, uh, spend quite a bit of time uh, with the team, with the coaches and all of that. I know that it hasn't translated uh, in the win-loss column, but what have you seen from the start, and, and not even the start of the season, but the start day one when you hired Paul Mills To now as far as building a culture and again it hasn't translated to the record but from an insider's point of view what have you seen from then to now to to kind of give that optimism and give that hope for the future
4: yeah I think this is this is a cliche but when you hear experts talk about uh, implementing culture it is like turning a battleship and that that doesn't happen immediately there's so many elements to to a basketball program, right? You want to talk about compliance, you want to talk about academics, ticket sales, game day, uh, sponsorships, donors. There's so many offshoots to this program that as we're generating culture, ultimately the simple definition is culture is what you tolerate. So there's competitive culture, there's locker room culture, there's all of those pieces. And uh, again, guys, I would just tell you uh, from a um, from a, a confidence and assurance standpoint, I can tell you it is it is the number one priority. It's what we spend our days on, more specifically our men's basketball staff, but I do it as well and try and help and support those guys because we're building this program uh, together. So what I see is I see a completely different way. And, um, you know, culture is overused. At the end of the day, it's about a way of doing things. And some will assimilate to a way of doing things quicker than others. Um, are we 100% there in terms of the assimilation? Absolutely not. Do you, do you ever get 100% there? You probably don't, and that's why you course correct. I mean, we're serving 18- to 22-year-old young people. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be days where you take a step back. Just like in any, any business or worthwhile enterprise, you're going to have down days. Um, so how do we learn from those, and how do we get better? Um, and certainly it hasn't produced in the win column. We understand that. Um, and uh, that's, that we're no, nobody's any more aware of that than, than Coach Mills and I. But at the end of the day, and we said this from the outset, guys, I said it on uh, in June of 22 when I accepted the job, and we talked about it when we introduced Paul Mills, there is no shortcut to winning. And if you want to take the shortcut to winning, at the end of the day it's not sustainable, number one. Uh, and number two, it's going gonna, it's gonna to put your institution and your program in trouble. So we're going to do it the right way. We're going to build it the right way. That's been done here before, and it's been done from very humble beginnings.
3: Do you think it's harder now, Kevin, to do that kind of stuff? And, and you mentioned microwave, and I agree. We do have definitely – I mean, we, we're, we're starved for instant gratification. But the, the landscape has changed in a way that it's it's out there. How hard is it or how, you know, how realistic is it to stick to it for a long period of time? Or do you have to adapt and adjust and try to, you know, find some or just mix in short-term fixes, I guess, to, to try and get things steered back in the right direction? Yeah, I don't think it's the same now as it was when Mike Sheshevsky was getting his career started in 1980. I just wonder how much that's changed and how difficult that makes things. Or maybe it doesn't make things difficult for you at all. Maybe just stick to it either way.
4: Well, I think you're always looking for a competitive edge everywhere you go, right? At the end of the day, you have standards that, you will, you, that you're that you not willing to compromise on as a program, okay? So whatever moves, buttons you can push, levers you can pull, um, short-term fixes, to use your term, if they fit within the, uh, the standards of your program and what you're, who you're trying to be and what you're trying to do without compromising that, then sure, we're going to take advantage of every opportunity that we have uh, to get better um, faster, um, I, I think it's just a – it is a very, very interesting dynamic because, um, you know, I can only go through personal experience, guys, and I'll, I'll use a football analogy. The, the building the football program at Kansas State and Kentucky, okay? Those start from very, very humble beginnings, right? Uh, Coach Snyder goes 1-10 in 10 in his first year, and that one win was something to celebrate. I thought they were going to burn the town down because they it had, it hadn't won in three or four years. Right. And then the very next year, if I'm not mistaken, he goes four and seven. And then the next year he goes seven and four. And then he takes a step back and they go five and six. Does that mean that that five and six uh, team didn't help build the foundation, didn't help build the culture for what would soon be 11 straight bowl games and one win short of a national championship in 98? So it all matters. It all, it's all part of the journey. At the end of the day, when you lose eight straight, it hurts. And you learn lessons, and those lessons help develop you as a young person, as a coach, as an administrator, on how are we going to get better. And we all do that in our personal lives. So I I think it would be disingenuous for us to pretend that that doesn't happen in in, in a public space like this as well, that we're going to continue to learn and grow. Kentucky, the same thing, right, building a football program there. Stoop starts in, in 2013. He goes 5-0 and in 13 and 14 and then loses six straight to end 5 and 6 to short of a bowl game. Humble beginnings. And what's resulted from that? Citrus Bowl wins, uh, Gator Bowl wins, um, some, some really remarkable seasons. I think they've had two of the four or five in the history of the program, 10-win seasons. Those failures help mold young people, coaches, administrators, into what we, we, we want to be. Okay, we've as I mentioned before, guys. We've had two very successful coaches build very successful programs here at Wichita State that started with very humble beginnings in terms of their seasons. So this isn't new to us. We're going to continue to stay positive. We're going to continue to build this thing. We're going to continue to pour into our young people. I think from a from a future standpoint, guys. We looked in the last 20 or 30 years. They keep major recruiting uh, rankings. Uh, we've had 12 top 150 players come in from high school into the Wichita State men's basketball program. We have two coming in next year. Now, will they be freshmen and make mistakes next year? Of course, they will. But that's part of the the growth process. That's part of the learning process. And at the end of the day, we're gonna we're gonna remain diligent, urgent, and patient uh, with this process so we can build it into something that that is not only enjoyable but is sustainable for a long period of time.
1: One more from me uh, about this, Kevin. From your perspective, how important is staying the course right now? How important is continuity? You know, you personal experience, and and I'm not in your shoes. I'm not in Coach Mills's shoes. I just kind of know from the way that I am, and I'm an impatient person by nature. It would be really tempting for me if I was in that chair to blow the whole thing up and, and start over. I don't know if I would do it, you know, but in today's landscape with the transfer portal and all of that, after the season that, that I've had, if I'm in that chair, it would be tempting to just say, you know what, this is not working. Let's, let's try another approach. So from your perspective, how important is it to to keep that, to keep that whole going?
4: Yeah. So walk me through, you're sitting in that chair. Help me understand what is, how, how do you define blow it up and start over?
1: well and and then that's the thing is i don't know is that from yeah yeah yeah. standpoint what what are you thinking yeah i mean you know from a from a roster standpoint again i don't know and i don't know the ins and outs of it i'm just saying like from if i was in that chair just because i'm an impatient person i'm not saying that that's what needs to happen or anything but i'm just saying how important from your perspective is that continuity
4: well continuity is important i think we understand that you know when you have teams um Older teams with uh, players that have played two, three, four years together, there's a synergy that exists that's different than teams that might have a bunch of freshmen, right? I think that's pretty pretty evident in our world. When you have in a business or an organization, when you have folks that have worked together for four, five, six, ten years – and you understand strengths and weaknesses and blind spots, and you can fill in for other folks. And again, in a business or an office setting, uh, those tend to be higher productive and higher producing uh, teams over uh, brand new ones. So continuity is incredibly important. I mean, if you if you're investing in the stock market, right? Are you switching your investments every day, paying a paying a fee to to, to reinvest in something different? Pull it out a you're going to pull it out of AT and T, and you're going to stick it into. Uh, uh, Textron, um, and you're going to do that every single day, or you're going to play the long game and, and, and look at trends. And at the end of the day, that's how folks build their retirements. That's how, which is a, a long and sustaining and beneficial. And I know I'm, 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 I'm throwing out a lot of random examples, but at the end of the day, you can come up with plenty of examples where continuity, patience, building a foundation, uh, sustains long-term results. Um, and if if you are Going to be a program um, that just flails in the wind, and you're going to go whichever way the wind blows, um, it's going to be difficult to create some sustaining continuity. So, as that relates specifically to our roster, uh, we're serving 18 to 22 year old young people. And if you, I believe that life is managed in the middle, right? If one end of the spectrum is completely transactional and the other end of the spectrum is completely relational, we're somewhere in the middle, okay? Uh, Student athletes' rights have have advanced significantly in the last five years, but with those rights come responsibilities. Right, our young people understanding who they play for, and in my opinion, that's we're playing for four different entities. They're playing for themselves and their families. They're playing for their teammates in the locker room. They're playing for the community of Wichita, and it's it's really important to understand who the community of Wichita is so that your play reflects and resonates with those folks. And then at the end of the day, you're playing for the next generation of shockers, right? We're in our first year. Again, we were behind, guys. We're in our first year of investments in NIL. Are we creating a return on investments in NIL with our style of play and our quality of play? that are going to help the next generation and ultimately help our program in the future, critically important. And those are, those are four different pressures on our young people. We're not going to take a hundred percent transactional approach. And then obviously we're not going to take a hundred percent relational approach. There is a productivity aspect to this. You got to produce because with rights come responsibilities. And they'll have
3: a really big opportunity and dad gummit. Let's get two wins at home this week, Wednesday, Sunday games, Tulsa temple, Big opportunity to build momentum and start that. The rest of the schedule is winnable. Um, and, you know, let's let's see if they can get it done. I do, before we run out of time, Kevin, I do want to take just a second here. Um, baseball got a good start this weekend, I think. Two wins, two and three yeah, on the awesome. road. A true road really cool. series. Um, how has that looked to you? I don't know how much time you've had to spend with them right now. But how have those, I mean, it's certainly... Something we liked seeing there in the opening weekend, and it's a huge week for them coming up here uh, at the end of this week with Virginia, Auburn, and Iowa.
4: No doubt. So, if you're uh, if you have a strong fear of failure, you probably don't uh, schedule Little Rock in week one, and then go down to Jacksonville right. and play Virginia, Auburn, and Iowa in week two. So, I I, I like our willingness to get vulnerable because these tests that we're talking about on the men's basketball side, at the end of the day, they help you build your program and failure can help you build uh, iron sharpens iron, right? So um, I, I think that the little rock series was really interesting because guys, I don't know if you know this, they played in the final game of the OVC tournament last year, uh, got beat by Moorhead who has kind of been the perennial power in the OVC. Um, and then they were selected to uh, preseason to win uh, the league this year, which is obviously a preseason selection. you got to go out and earn it. But their Friday night um, game one starter was a a preseason All-American. And um, I was really impressed with our offense to go right out the gate. They scored two in the top of the first and and three in the top of the second, and they knocked him out. He pitched two innings and got into the bullpen. So that piece was really good. I think it was 18-4 on Friday, and then it was 14-0 on Saturday. A little closer game uh, on Sunday. Tommy LaCour was – uh, was good on the mound. I think he was might have been a little spun up. Um, and uh, uh both starters yesterday were a little bit wild, but we uh, you know it was a neck and neck game. It was 2-2, it was 3-2, and then it was 3-3, and then 4-3, 4-4, and then um I think we 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 couldn't scratch a run across the last 4 or 5 innings. Um and they got the 5-4 win, but at the end of the day, if we're we're making a habit out of winning series, we'll take it. Um, so really yeah. challenging weekend this weekend down in Jacksonville. Um, our, our guys, the lineup's going to see a whole lot more velo than they saw this past week, uh, a lot more movement. So you've got perennial Big Ten power, Iowa, and then you've got uh, a previous national champion, what, in the last 10 years in Virginia um, and, and Auburn. So it'll be a really, really firm test for our guys.
2: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
3: Four more games to go before people can see the home opener there on March 1st. Uh, and they all should be pretty good test. And and then real quick, Kevin, as as we are winding down here, softball. I guess, you know, softball for I think for most of us is sort of a, a wait and see approach. You know, when you lose the kind of players that they lost, but you know, a, a, just an unbelievably difficult tournament in Mexico, but they end, you know, with a win over 20th-ranked South Carolina, and and it took Auburn at number 25 to extra innings. I don't know how much of a rebuild or a retool there will be this year, but that's certainly a promising start, I think, for them too.
4: Yep. So, so guys, I think it's a perfect example. Christy's been here for, what, 13 years, 14 years? And administrations have been patient through the build. And what you're seeing is you're seeing a, a, a team that last year had some unbelievable offensive productivity. And then in the, in the offseason, the questions are, man, we think we're going to be really good in the circle, but we're going to have to develop uh, the offense in the fall. And I think Coach Economon and, and, and Christy and, and, and all those guys, Courtney, they've done a really good job of developing and, and then you test your program. You get vulnerable. You put yourself out there, and you go up against one of the best starting pitchers in the country in Clemson, and you know what? We lost 7-0. So are the lessons learned in a 7-0 loss any different, better? Do they improve your program as opposed to a uh, 18-4 to win against Little Rock? I don't know. You learn different lessons in losses than, than you might in wins. Um, And so I think that helps develop programs. So these firm schedules, I think, are really good uh, as we prepare for conference play, as we prepare for postseason play. And I think softball is a perfect example of when you remain patient on the front end of these journeys, you are going to see sustained success over time. Right. It's been uh, what, five NCAA tournaments uh, in the last six years. Um, and they're, they're in an, in, in an air that, that our program hasn't seen before. Um, that doesn't happen if, if, man, we had a really tough year three or four and, and we decide to make a change in, in, in our softball staff. So I think continuity makes a difference. I think um, the, the teamwork and the camaraderie amongst the administration, the staff, and the coaches – that we're all pulling in the same direction, and that we're removing obstacles for them, and supporting their program, and ultimately developing young people, and recruiting and retaining those young people over time. Uh, that that continuity uh, will pay off as we're seeing in softball.
3: Softball up next. They get uh, their home opener is still a ways away. Not until March 8th. A lot of games in between now and then. Uh, some big tournaments coming up. Kevin, we know uh, it's it's not an easy time to come on here and talk to us about it. We do appreciate that. Uh, and we look forward to, you know, uh, a spark for basketball and then continued early success for baseball, softball, uh, women's basketball going right now. Busy time. We appreciate you being with, here, with us here on Sports Daily.
4: Jacob, Tommy, thank you very much for having us on the show. And I, I would share with you it's not difficult to come on. You guys are – uh, you're fair, and uh, we certainly appreciate the opportunity. We're journeying together with the community of Wichita and every part of this thing, and it there will be some tough days, and we'll work our way through the tough days and get to a better spot. So appreciate the opportunity on the show. Go Shockers.
3: And know that the two of us want Wichita State to be successful as much or more than anybody out there. Yep. I, I have grown to love Shocker basketball. As a transplant. It's one of my favorite things in the world. So uh, we'll take a look this week. couple of winnable games. We'll react to some of the things Kevin had to say there on the other side. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we owe it to Jad. We'll be back with more Sports Daily right after this.
0: Laugh Out Loud Mornings with Bob and Tom on 97.5 and 1240 KFH, Wichita's most listened to sports radio. Always live on the Free Odyssey app.